Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse for free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses, Season 5, Episode 4, Creating Suspense. Dun, 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 dun! 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. Dun, 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 dun! <laughs> I'm Howard. <laughs> I apologize for my voice this week, guys. Um, this is what happens when you tour for a couple of weeks and it kind and of throws out And take up smoking. Yeah. <laughs> um, creating Suspense. We want to ask Dan how to do this. Okay. Ha <laughs> Sure. Nice seg. Just because I write thrillers, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to let Alfred Hitchcock answer this question with one of my <laughs> favorite writing quotes of all time. I actually can't do a Hitchcock impersonation. I apologize. But he said, <laughs> you put a bomb under the table. If it goes off, that's action. And if it doesn't go off, that's suspense. Um, you right. sit and listen to yeah. people talking about baseball instead of being blown up by a bomb, and that increases the suspense of the scene because you know what the problem is, and it hasn't happened yet. Okay, so how do we do that? I think one of the best examples of that in recent film is, and I'm not recommending anybody actually go see this, uh, <laughs> um, Inglorious Bastards. Okay. There's two or three scenes in that that are full of dialogue in which you know that all the pieces are in place for something absolutely horrible to happen, and it keeps not happening. Now, it, mm-hmm. it is an action film. There is plenty of action in there, but that has two of the absolute tensest scenes in it I've ever, I've ever seen. One is where the, uh, the evil Jew-hunting Nazi is uh, questioning a Frenchman in English mm-hmm. because he knows that the man is hiding Jews in the basement and they don't speak English. And that conversation turns darker and darker and darker and we know something horrible is going to happen but he's got such a pleasant tone of voice it's it's very sneaky it's i don't know if you guys have seen the film i haven't you know another great uh, movie example of this of how to create suspense by by uh putting the bomb under the table is indiana jones in the last crusade at the end um when he has to choose the cup Right. And he knows if he gets the right cup, it will bring everlasting life. And if he gets the wrong cup, something bad will happen. But we don't know what that is. So the movie makers show us someone choose the wrong cup. Right. And then we see exactly what happens and how horrible it is. And then he makes Indiana Jones choose. And so we sit there full of suspense because we know exactly what's going to happen if he chooses wrong. You know, one thing that keeps popping in my head as we're talking about this, um, when I was a newer writer, I always had trouble determining what the difference between mystery and suspense was. Um, And I think maybe kind of talking to people about that might be useful, because what we're talking about, we actually are talking about suspense, not mystery. And it actually occurs to me that suspense and mystery are polar opposites in some ways. 
Yeah. Um, because you have suspense by giving away a little bit of the mystery, like Dan just explained. Mm-hmm. We, we have a mystery. What happens when you take the cup? Well, that can be suspenseful, but it's not going to be suspenseful, um, suspenseful unless enough information is been given to know that it's horrifying. Um, an excellent example of this. Oh, go ahead, Howard. I was going to say, to add to uh, Hitchcock's pithy quote, um, you know, action's when the bomb explodes, suspense is when the bomb doesn't explode, mystery is when we can't see what's under the table. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, a, a great example of this distinction would be Dune. Um, and I've mentioned Dune often before because it does some very interesting things that people who, um, who aren't themselves writers don't sometimes notice. Um, Dune, of course, is an omniscient. We've talked about it being omniscient mm-hmm. before. One of the fascinating things is, is when a character walks on stage who is a traitor or a rebel or something, it goes into their head and they think, I'm going to betray these people. That, mm-hmm. on, the, on the books, sometimes, you might say, well, that's the wrong thing to do. You're giving away the mystery. You're giving away who the bad guy is. You're giving away all of their plans. But it works fantastically because, number one, it's someone who knows how to write omniscient being true to the omniscient form, which is a completely yeah. different podcast. But also, it's giving up mystery for suspense. Oh, we know that this person is going to betray them and that they're in serious trouble What's going to happen when, they, when the person, the traitor, comes out? Is, mm-hmm. it, are they, is he actually going to be able to pull off his dastardly plot, or is he not going to? Um, and that sense of tension is just wonderful in that story. Coming yeah. back to the metaphor, in Dune, we want the characters to lift up the tablecloth and look at the bomb. <laughs> Please, it's right there. Mm-hmm. Because it's written in omniscient, we've already been able to peek under the tablecloth, and we know exactly how unlikely it is you know, the, the tablecloth is perfectly placed and has been there for generations. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I loved the Dune books for exactly that reason. We yeah. could see all the motivations and all the betrayal coming and we are scared of it for that exact reason. So how do we decide if we are a writer when we want mystery and when we want suspense? Because if inherently by giving away mystery, you, gain, you can gain suspense, there's, there's, a, there's a trade-off. Both of them create tension. Right, mm-hmm. which is good. Which is awesome. Yeah. We, yeah, we love that. And uh, I, for me, I think I do better with suspense than with mystery because, uh, because of the punchline. Uh-huh. You know, I need to keep revealing things in order for the funny to happen. And, and that, makes it hard to, uh, that makes it hard to carry a mystery. But it's mm-hmm. not hard to carry suspense. I can throw okay. enough. Nope. I can throw enough threads down. That and, and one of the reasons for that, and and this will be my answer to the to the question, is, um, you you can choose whether you want mystery or, or suspense depending on what you want the scene to accomplish and how character driven you want it to be. Because when you're dealing with mystery, really you're dealing with ideas. We have tension mm-hmm. because there are ideas we don't understand. Whereas with suspense. It really comes down to the character. We know what's going on, but we don't know how the characters will react or if they will react in time. And it brings it, I think, a little more personal. Okay. And so... I do think we're downplaying mystery a little bit too much. Sometimes there are things that, when revealed themselves, um, that you have that pop of, oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But necessarily, if you revealed them early, may not actually build that suspense. There are some things where you've got a mystery. I I look at some of the the books I've I've written or I've read where you've got some sort of cool twist, for instance, with the magic system. If you were to reveal this early, it would actually deflate the tension. The the how does it work is its own mystery driving it forward. But then when you reveal, yeah, and so the the reader is saying or asking themselves, gosh, you know, how is this gonna, how is this gonna play out? How is this, what's the reveal gonna be? And then there's a reveal 
and now they're looking at that, whether it's a mm -hmm. magic system or whatever, they're, they're looking at that saying, oh, and you know, boy, this changes everything. I sure hope they figure it out in time. And now you've moved from mystery to right. suspense, but you've maintained the tension. And mm -hmm. I think that tool right there, uh, if you want to maintain tension, but not have the reader just go to pieces and lose all their hair, uh, switching between mystery and suspense is probably a good way to do it. Hey, writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's do our um, book of the week this week. Howard, you were going to... Oh, you know what? It occurred to me that instead of picking a book that, you know, one of us or all of us have read, we should just go to Audible's site and pick something that's really popular. Um, offhand, Brandon, you've got your laptop open there in front of you. What was their number one download last week? Well, Howard, that would have been my book. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> oh, such a twist. <laughs> I, was, I was selling the joke. Yeah, right? you, were, you were reading it straight. <laughs> There's no way Dan or I can do that. <laughs> you have a radio voice. I have no voice. Um, yes, The Way of Kings. Um, actually, I think it would be two weeks by now um, when this thing comes out. Was the number one um, best-selling book on Audible um, last week. So, Yay. and that was read by Michael Kramer and Kate Redding, um, who did the Wheel of Time books. They are fantastic. I asked for them um, specifically, and uh, you can't get asked for a better deal than this. Forty-five hours and thirty minutes worth of oh entertainment <laughs> um, <laughs> for free. For free. Um, if you try the uh, the free fourteen-day uh, trial. Yep, fourteen-day trial. Um, you go to audiblepodcast.com/slash/excuse. Support the podcast, listen to my book, um, and get, uh, what, several days worth of entertainment. <laughs> how many, um, many two-hour commutes is that? <laughs> That's 21? Well, mm. plus the really, the, the upside, the big selling point here also is that you're not going to throw your back out lugging that 20-pound book around. Right. That's right. So, but no, the real upside is, uh, and I'm sorry to say this with a straight face, but I have to, it's a really, really good book. Oh, 
I mean, it, well, it seriously. For those of you not benefiting from the video feed, he totally had a straight face. <laughs> Fingers crossed. No. <laughs> we will be posting, by the way, all the artwork for it online eventually so the people who listen to the audiobook can go see the artwork oh, that's, that's part of it. But um, enough about um, my book. Let's get back to suspense. Okay, I want to take our discussion in a little different direction if I can. Oh, and And talk about uh, creating suspense in a different way, which is basically convincing the audience that you mean business. Okay. Um, for example, the movie Serenity, which has a big thing that happens at the end, and I'm not going to say who dies, but somebody dies. Hmm. And it's a beloved character, and as soon as that person goes, the audience knows that anyone is game. And it creates a lot of suspense in the finale of that movie because anyone else could now die. If the creators have gone that far, they could, they could do it again. You know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, personally, I hate it when um, creators do that. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say, just because I, it destroys the illusion for me, particularly when they actually come out and say that, I don't know if Joss ever did. He might have. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of, um, there, was, there was a show, 24, the first mm -hmm. season, um, someone big gets killed at the end, and if you, you're actually watching the, the commentary, they say, we wanted to prove that we would kill anybody. Which, as a, as a writer, actually drives me up the wall, because I want character deaths to be meaningful to the story and be what the story demands, mm -hmm. not to have them die in order to create suspense, personally. Yeah, well, and in the, well, in the, Serenity, in the Serenity example, <laughs> um, one of the characters says, you know, do you really think any of us are gonna get out of this alive? And one of the, er the other characters says, well, I might live. And that's the point at which, you know, A, you realize, oh, any of them could die. Mm -hmm. And B, you realize, Joss Whedon is totally playing me. He killed a character <laughs> off so that we could have this. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you, Brandon. I feel like if that's the only way you can pull it off, it's a crutch, it's a cheap trick. There's gotta be better ways to create suspense over what's gonna happen than to show something horrible happening just so you can have shown it. But I will say that it, it can be very effective. Oh yeah. Well, um, it, it can work, and I don't think that I mean, obviously, if you kill someone just because you are capricious as a creator, then certainly that that's a cheat. But I think that you can kill someone for multiple reasons. Right. Well, I have I mean, to believe this as a serial know. killer author. <laughs> George R. R. Martin has made um, a whatever career he's on, third or fourth, whatever mm -hmm. current incarnation of George R. R. Martin we say this is, he's made a career of being known as the guy that pulls no punches. And he has done that by consistently killing characters no one thought that he would. Mm -hmm. um, and part of that is probably just the fact that he's saying, you know what, I'm going to allow myself to kill anybody, and that creates tension. Now, there are some readers um, who don't want to read books like that, yeah. but you still have to be able to convince them. They want to be convinced that anyone can die, but they don't want anyone to actually die. Yeah. How do you do that? Okay, well, hmm. what, what I do with my... Okay, guy. this is, this my is great. Let me just add an addendum to this. You're writing first person. We yes. know that your character can't die, mm -hmm. and yet you want the reader to still be afraid for them. Yeah, and so I actually uh, cheat in a different manner. Uh, what I do with John Cleaver uh, uh, is it's first person. You know he's not actually going to die, but you don't know if he's going to stay a good guy. Mm -hmm. And so I created an alternate fail condition, so to speak, right. yeah. that is much more easy and much more believable. So as you read the books, 
at any point, especially as we near the climax, it's entirely possible, and I'm not going to say whether it actually ever happens or not, because right. you will be surprised, um, that he could trip, that he could fall into the pit of becoming the bad person he's trying to not become. See, I, I, I don't think, think that's, that's cheating at all. No, I that's think not, that's wonderful. That's not, that's not a cheat. That's actually, yeah. that's actually more grounded in reality than most of the fiction we read. And when you think about it, the sorts of things that actually build suspense for us are not, <gasps> am I going to die today? It's, mm. <gasps> am I going to pass that test? Right. Well, and if we look at something Lovecraft, why is Lovecraft so much more horrifying than a slasher flick is? Um, and it, it kind of comes into that. Lovecraft, you know, you're reading, number one, that you could compare the writing styles and yeah, things like yeah. that. But even a really well-written slasher fic, flick, you know, you're not really caring because it's so removed from reality. And mm -hmm. yet this whole witnessing a character going insane, even in the bizarre circumstances, it, there's something about that, that that alternate lose condition of main character goes bonkers um, that creates this, oh, this wonderful sense of suspense. Yeah. Now, let me add an addendum to this conversation. Uh, my new book, the sequel to I'm Not a Serial Killer, is called Mr. Monster. It comes out in two days on the 28th of September. Man, why so, did we get rid of the whole singing? Um, the, the, this the, has been the most the, chilling the podcast. Song, I know. We should We're like, all just pushing our own stuff this week. It's uh, okay. We should add an extra minute or two well, to speaking, make up for it. <laughs> while we're on the subject of our own stuff... <laughs> I'm not trying to get anybody. I'm not trying to get anybody to buy anything. I was just going to say, in terms of building suspense in Schlock Mercenary, um, I'm I'm writing something that that a lot of people they want it to be happy. They want mm -hmm. it to be funny, and I still have to have the threat of bad things, uh, bad things happening. And so, taking a page taking a page from Dan, um, rather than putting a bomb under the table. And, you know, we all worry whether or not it's going to explode. Um, I have characters in one place talking about, well, I sure hope so-and-so doesn't do such-and-such. And, such. and then we cut over to so-and-so and we see that he or she is about to do See, but such you also such. have some sort of, um, you have this, this, this special cheat that you, um, you web <laughs> and we are all use, cheating which today. is the, well, I'm not going to tell you what happens until tomorrow. And so you've got <laughs> yeah. this, you know, when things get tense, they can get really tense because it's like, oh, what's going to happen? I can't find out. I can't turn the page. When I was at Worldcon, I met a huge number of people who only read my site like once every three weeks. And I wanted to strangle all of them because you're supposed to be there every day and <laughs> rather than reading it all in one block. But uh, that's OK. I didn't just say I want to strangle my fans who only read occasionally. I did not just say that. Read whenever you want. <laughs> All Please. Right. Um, I'm going to end this podcast by mentioning um, one thing we didn't even touch on in this is uh, the sense of progress um, by actually putting a, a ticking time bomb in your story. Mm -hmm. As Schluck Mercenary did just recently yep. with saying, this, you know, we're yep. going to call an end to this on this day. Everything has to be wrapped up by then. How is it going to happen? These sorts of things. And we did an entire podcast on sense of progress, I seem mm -hmm. to recall. Um, and so if you want some extra help on this, I bet you could go listen to that podcast and apply the sort of things we've been talking about here to this sense of progress to give a little more information to your reader and then to, to leave them in suspense. Yeah. 
I will totally link to that when I do the write-up. Excellent. Nice. All right, we're going to have, um, we have a very special um, writing prompt for you this week. Um, Producer Jordo was sent a very um, touching piece of mail um, by someone in the Netherlands. And, um, you know, it was, it was just delightful. And we're going to read just one line from this. And you have to take this and um, make a story out of it. I have coated my left hand with magical ink. There you go. <laughs> that was okay. You're totally out of excuses. Um, this has been writing excuses, and I can't talk. Oh, go right. <laughs> Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.